0: Now on Documentary News Talk, producer Barbara Flood talks to those directly affected by the groundbreaking regularisation scheme introduced in Ireland in 2022. In undocumented.
1: It's like, wow, now it's final here. I'm now free. I can be able to travel to my country. That feeling when you you are now free actually go and come back, it's a very nice feeling.
2: It is a massive change for me and many others because I was able to go back home and visit my family and come back here to work and live in a normal life without fear. It is a dream come true.
3: You can kind of visibly see the weight lifted off people's shoulders, you know, and People are in tears with the joy of this news because people have been waiting so long for this. They've been living very difficult lives here in Ireland and and that's all changing now because of this scheme.
1: It was incredible, you know, to actually join hands with uh, some other fighters, some other undocumented people that I met here at MRSI. And here we are now that we are finally free. Uh, We can live a normal life like any other person. We can be able to go back home and come back here to work and uh, uh, do any other things like any other person here in Ireland.
2: It worked really well for most of us who got it. So why not continue doing the scheme in the same criteria, but no closing date? So when they reach the certain year, they will be able to apply.
0: Last year saw the start of a groundbreaking regularisation scheme for thousands of people who've been living and working in Ireland for many years without papers. As of now, nearly 8,000 applicants have received a stable and secure status, with roughly 3,000 people still waiting for their result. It's hard to describe just how much this has affected the thousands of people who've been living in a state of limbo for so long. Albert Bero, originally from Malawi, is chair of the Justice for Undocumented group.
1: Things have changed now. Everything has changed. Now I'm able to uh, finish my degree because it was cut short. I will be able to travel to see my wife and my family as well. And uh, thinking about all these things, oh my god, I was like... <laughs> I was very happy, you know. <laughs> uh, it was incredible, you know, to actually uh, join hands with uh, some other uh, fighters, some other undocumented people that I met here at MRCI uh, to fight for the regularization scheme. and. Thankfully, uh, the government got a nod and then they had to do the regularization. And here we are now that uh, we are finally free. Uh, We can live a normal life like any other person. We can be able to go back home and come back here to work and uh, uh, do any other things like any other person here in Ireland. I decided to join hands with those people that were already fighting, like the the others that have been fighting for 11 years. And so I decided to actually take action for my own future and for my own uh, advantage that I should help them to actually have our papers uh, regularised. It paid off because at the end of the day, the government had to say yes to the regularisation scheme. And uh, it has changed thousands of lives, including myself. When you are undocumented, you don't live a normal life. You are like living in the shadows. You have to hide every time. Uh, When you are going to work, you are thinking maybe this is my last day in the state. Maybe I will get noticed and get deported. So uh, it's really very difficult to actually... uh, do a proper uh, campaign for the regularization. But with the uh, backup of those vigilant uh, men and women that I've found, I could actually hide behind them and actually do the, <laughs> do the campaign. It's a difficult situation to do, but uh, still more, uh, we really needed the regularization scheme to, to, to change things, so that's how it happened and with the help of the migrant rights center we could be able to actually do it mm-hmm. together i stayed from uh, 2016 when my visa was expired uh till uh last year when i got uh, got my papers
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's a long time
1: yeah a very long time very long time uh and uh, i remember in 20 2019 and 2020 was very tough because we could hear a couple of people getting deported from workplaces, somewhere in the streets being caught and being sent back to different countries. So it was very terrifying because you could uh, realize to say maybe it's going to be me next year and then that would be the end of uh, everything. But again, looking at how uh, I'm surviving, uh, maybe getting a little bit of something when I'm working here and send to my family, I could still stay because life back home is very tough. Uh, There is high rate of unemployment and it's not easy to get a job. So still more weighing the options. Uh, The only option was to keep on staying and keep on working. And uh, it was very tough because in 2017 something worse happened, I lost my brother. And you can imagine I couldn't travel to actually mourn with the rest of the family. Uh, that's why I said it would be better for a government to introduce like a regularization process which can be ongoing. So that no people should be living uh, uh, long term undocumented in the state, uh, we have uh, a, a clear proof that it's working and it's life changing. Uh, if we look at the Southerns that have been regularized at the moment with this scheme, when you are undocumented, it's it's really very tough, and. Uh, the fact that you can't do, you can't live a normal life like any other person is really very disturbing every time. Like, say, for example, I I was working and uh, there were so many, uh, actually, internal vacancies that I could apply to progress with my, my, my career in, the, in, in my job. But I couldn't apply because uh, I, I was maybe... The bosses couldn't know that I'm undocumented. So I couldn't do that because... Maybe they could notice to say, "What is your your visa?" Mm-hmm. You see that would have been the end of me. so you you, you just keep quiet, even the opportunity is there, you can't you can't do it. And uh, uh, the other thing is when you actually you you, you see a, a crime or somebody commits a crime against you, you can't even uh, go to report it. Of course, there is nothing like maybe you will be noticed like that as far as I know. But you have that fear to say maybe because I'm illegal, if I go to report this, maybe I'll get noticed and then that will be the end of me staying here. Mm-hmm. Even if you, if you are sick, you see, you can't actually peacefully go to seek a medical doctor at a government hospital. You're like maybe I will, I will get noticed. There are so many things that I can give you like an example. So in short, I can say it's difficult for you to to live a normal life. You can't plan for your future because maybe you are here today. Tomorrow you might not be there. You are deported. You're gone. So you're living like one leg is already out of the country. <laughs> yeah, so it's very difficult. That. It's something which you can't plan for the future properly. You, you are not settled uh, psychologically you're not settled. Everything is, is, is like you haven't yet started anything. What you benefit is like you are working and you get paid. you you support your family back home. But aside those things, there's no any proper freedom. I found already so many years that my colleagues have done. Of course, there were doubts that maybe it it won't happen, but you know, when you have a collective voice, you fight together. So many actions we did together. Because we we have been tweeting the Minister of Justice, we have been sending postcards to her, and so many things, and she has been very good to us, because every time, uh, sometimes some of our colleagues had to meet her in person, So that was very helpful because uh, we could see the government actually lending a a helping ear to us because you can be doing the campaigns if the government doesn't listen to you, it doesn't do anything positive. So we are very happy that uh, the way they handled us, the way they welcomed us, uh, they they welcomed the idea of having the scheme and, and stuff like that. So... It really helped, and uh, uh, Southerns are, are, are living a normal life now. Yeah, um, I have got so many Irish friends, and I've been to so many places like Ashbourne, uh, Mayo, and Boyne. I have been to Cork, I've been to Wicklow, I've been to Argyll. So many places. Yeah. So the people are very friendly, and. Uh, uh i have so many irish friends that have been very friendly to me and uh the, the time i lived though they uh i they didn't know i was undocumented so <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you just decide to, do, to forget about everything and then just live like that like nothing is happening in the background <laughs> so i could just be happy to say was something bad happens it has happened you know so With that attitude, they couldn't notice that maybe I'm undocumented. We could see we are part of the economy because we did a survey to find out about this. Because in the undocumented, uh, just for an undocumented uh, group, we have like over 2,000 members that are living, that were living undocumented. Some of them are required now. So when we did the survey, there are so many people working in, in care home. Uh, others, uh, they're working in food production. Others are working in, 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 um, uh, in the meat factory. Others are working in the farms. So many areas. So we can see uh, we are contributing positively towards the, uh, the, the development of the country. Because we could contribute like millions in taxes a, a year. So that's something which we said we can be contributing more because we'll be working freely, and that's, that's, that's something. That on the government side, it's a benefit. It's not it's not a burden. So we when we asked them, they could easily understand that because they they have uh, the the figures. Uh, they know how productive we are so that's why i said if the government consider a a a progressive like regularization scheme it's 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 good for them as well financially uh, economically it will boost the the economy of the country there are so many people with different talents different uh, ideas that they can freely do it if they have the, the 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 status and then they are free to do anything they can do. And uh, they contribute positively towards the, the, the development of the country. When you don't have a status, it's, 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 not, a, it's not a good thing. It's a, it's a very bad thing. Uh, so you don't live a normal life. People are living, those that got their status, they're living a normal life now. Like say for example myself, I'm here working, working hard, because I know in few months to come I can travel. You see, I, 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 I'm peacefully working with uh, all my mindset on, on my job, because I know that uh, maybe in few months to come I can travel to my country, see my wife, see my family and come back to work but when you are undocumented when you are you don't have a legal status you you don't have that in mind you are like in a, in, in 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 a cage or in a prison you don't have that freedom even you have money you can travel it's like i used to have like enough money to book an air ticket and go back to my country come back here continue working but you couldn't do that you can just send money and that's it you see, but now, few months to come, we will go to, to to Malawi. I have like a freedom to travel and see my family. I will miss them for just few months. I don't miss them like for years, like it used to be. It's it's normal for human beings to be meeting relatives time and again when you're far from home. So when you don't have that access, it's terrible. Yeah, so. It's very good to have a status for everybody so that we can be able to travel to our countries and come back.
3: The real ethos of everything we do here in MRCI is that people affected by issues should be at the heart of, of um, campaigning for change. You know, we often say those closest to the problem are closest to the solution.
0: Neil Bruton, Campaigns Coordinator in MRCI, the Migrant Rights Centre, Ireland.
3: A group of five people 11 years ago came together um, for a meeting to try and think about, you know, they all knew that they were all in the same situation, undocumented, and they started to think about what can we do as a collective to bring about change for everyone who's in this situation. And over the years, the campaign has grown from those five people Uh, to 2,500 and more undocumented people as part of the community and campaign. And I think it's just shown me that everything you do is stronger when you have people affected at the heart of it. If you're taking action, it's much stronger with people affected. If you're doing media, it's much stronger with people affected. If you're doing a survey, they're the ones that go out and get people and you can build your evidence. So I would just say that everything is stronger when, when people affected are at the heart. And I suppose it's just it's been an amazing experience to see the bravery of people Um, because it's not an easy thing to say, I'm here, I'm undocumented. And so many undocumented people have done that, not knowing what the impact would be on them, but they've done it because they wanted to stand up for themselves and for everyone else who's going through this. And, you know, there's one of the founder members, Jason, speaks about the very first time he was actually the very first undocumented person in Ireland to speak openly about being undocumented and I was at an event down at the at the Liffey there an anti-poverty event and he speaks of a a Garda car just happened to pull up at the time while he was speaking and he was trying to continue his speech and all he was thinking inside his head is this is the end for me they're they're pulling up to come and get me of course they weren't but it just shows the, the bravery that he had to show in order to be out there and speak about being undocumented. And really, it's people like him um, and other people you'd be talking to today who are really involved in the campaign. You know, I'm organizing meetings here and helping people come together as my job. But it, the undocumented people who are driving this campaign and coming to our, you know, a strategy meeting on a Wednesday night at seven o'clock are probably coming off uh a 12 hour shift looking after an older person in their home or coming straight from, you know, a meat factory where they've been working for nine hours in the day. So, yeah, um, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal that people have been able to show such commitment to this campaign over over 11 years at the start there's a huge thing just about raising awareness you know um of what it means to be undocumented and the challenges that someone faces in that like in ireland were probably a little bit easier because we have our own undocumented population in other countries so um but i think there was just a big period of raising awareness um and just trying to get this onto the agenda onto the political agenda so you know building allies building political allies building other organizations that supported the work and then starting to take action, starting to try and get people to notice that undocumented people are here and and willing to speak out. And over the years, uh, you know, uh, the campaign has done all sorts of things. There've been twenty four hour vigils. There've been banner drops. There've been human shamrocks on the beach in Sandy Mount. Uh, there've been obviously a couple of surveys, which were really important in kind of showing you know, the work people were doing, the contribution they were making, how long they were here, the different sectors they were working in, um, did they have children, all of that. And I think that really helped in, you know, showing the government a better idea of who we're talking about, what the population is, you know, what sectors they're working, so that if they would bring in a regularisation, what that would mean. Um, So, yeah, I mean, a, a huge amount has gone into it. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of like a, an overnight success 11 years (laughs) in the making, you know, Um, and I think, you know, certain things happened, I think, in the lead up that were really important, certainly in the, the formation of the last government, there was a huge push. Uh, by the campaign um, to push for this as part of the Programme for Government. And that included a, a variety of different actions trying to, to target those who were likely to be in the government and really try to show them that this was something that was really important and, and, and should be part of the Programme for Government. And I think, luckily, the campaign was able to get that included in the Programme for Government and then that, that led to it actually becoming a reality.
2: My name is Irene Hagoba, and I'm originally from the Philippines. I'm living and working in Ireland for over 15 years now, and I just recently got my status last year, 27th of March, and it's life-changing. It is a massive change for me and many others because I was able to go back home and visit my family and come back here Work and live in a normal life without fear. My son has uh, he was born with a congenital heart disease, and I had a good life back home. Uh, I have a party shop I have a, a diner, which makes our life just normal. And until I have my uh, son, who has a congenital heart disease. I was said that he's only going to leave for a week. But I said, no, I I don't believe. Like, as long as my son is fighting for his life, then I'll go fight with him. So I spent everything just to make him better. I came here and I started working as a childminder. And um, for a private family, and then um, it was, it wasn't that easy. So my uh, visa is about to expire, and I was thinking of will I go home? I want to see my son back, but it was very limited. Like I, I, I don't have enough money to bring back home, and continue his medication. But I said. I have to decide have to make a big decision so I stayed overstayed and continue working and sending money for his medication and my daughter's education.
0: You're listening to Undocumented by Barbara Flood on Documentary News Talk. Irene Yugoba, campaigner with Justice for the Undocumented, continues to tell us about why this campaign is so important.
2: It wasn't easy because, um, as I mentioned, if we go out, as we get out the house, we don't know what are we going to encounter. Like, we're afraid if the guard will just... If there's anything or check... You might be sent home. You know those uh, feared. Um If you get sick or something, we're so afraid to go to the doctor, to the hospital. They're looking for a PPS number, and we don't have that. And just buy something in the counter like paracetamol, and you know, it take long sometimes, especially when you need antibiotics. They won't give it to you in the counter. But we live like that. Most of us, some are very brave to try and apply for PPS number and they they manage to. Uh but most of us, like general speaking, in life of undocumented people, uh we don't even have especially those working live in their employ with their employer. They don't have uh, enough um, evidence like uh, proof of address, proof of billing. So what will you present? We only have passport, most of us. We don't have a bank account. And so it it wasn't really easy. Uh, Those things are kind of make our life uh, difficult. we're not able to go home like in the uh, to meet our family in the saddest and the happiest moment in our in our lives uh, and looking after the kids here really well because it's our work and of course your it's your responsibility as a childminder we're doing it really well and you'll feel like the worst mom in the world because you can't do it for your own kids you know Uh, Skype and Yahoo Messenger was uh, during that time (laughs) Uh, so I was still doing and helping my kids homework through Skype and there's no Viber and WhatsApp yet or Messenger at that time or normal call if it's emergency so it is not easy really it's like no contract it's just verbal that you will work from half 7 to half 7 i said oh god it's it's a long day and sometimes it never happened that it you'll finish at half 7 half 9 half 10 they're not home yet so but you'll just keep working no extra but uh, some are in a very good working condition like when they're finished they're gone home but i worked like that for 7 years but things changed when i decided to move to dublin and i met people uh, that are involved in mrci campaign so i was invited to attend a meeting i was worried <laughs> because who are these people you know you have no idea yet so i said uh, to myself there's nothing wrong i can go because i want to meet people like me in the same situation So we would know what to do, what's the solution, because we're all looking for a solution. And then um, I was invited to attend the first uh, activity because Justice for Undocumented Campaign always do something for St. Patrick's Day. Because, you know, the Taoiseach always go to America to lobby the situation of undocumented people, Irish in the U.S. And we were always saying that, what about us? We were here. So I was invited to that uh, action. And we were in Sandy Mount Strand and I in also invited, because I was really afraid what is going to happen here. I invited a friend who can drive and two more, no, three more undocumented people that I know, but they don't admit to me that they're undocumented too. But I feel that we are just the same. So I invited them to come over, but we're in a car, my my friend's car. So uh, we attended, like, in case we can run away. (laughs) Yeah, but we're not doing anything wrong. We just attend. (laughs) But it was funny because of the fear, you know. You can think of those kind of things because of fear. But then it was really good. We met people the same as us. And the the four of us admitted to each other that, yes, we need to join this campaign. And to be aware of uh what we can do, what we can't do here in Ireland. Do we have any right as a human, as a worker? And MRCI is very good in providing all those information uh, to us uh, in the Trapping Center and they do like know your Rights session as well. So I said, oh wow, uh they're doing a very good job and I would like to get involved in in the campaign. Yeah. And they have this leaders group, uh, they meet regularly every Tuesday and Thursday, so twice a week, after work, would you believe, after work, so they're tired from long day, and then meet together, there are nine people meeting together to plan on the campaign, what's the next step to do, how can we be visible to people, and... Yeah, to give also the government uh, uh, an information that, yeah, we exist and we need the solution. So I joined that leaders group and become involved in many activities like this in the campaign. What I did is I used myself as an example that, look, um, I'm undocumented, but Uh, I step up and become visible. Uh, I started doing media and all all this organizing we did. Can you see me now? It's like an exhibit with life-size photograph in somewhere in Temple Bar. We did a lot of calls to show the government that we're here, we exist, we're working. And also, not everyone has the same interests, of course. Some are in political thing. Some are just uh, uh, being a connector, community connector. So we started a strategy group with Neil, a community development worker who is focusing on the Justice for Undocumented campaign. And uh, yeah, we started the fellowship. Myself and Chinasi, she is my uh, co-fellow that started this and then um, we continue doing it until, and, and then pandemic came. Were you, were you be beginning
0: to get frustrated, or were you? What was your feeling? No, you I'm
2: still like I kept myself hopeful. I know change will happen. I said I'll, I feel it. <laughs> I know it will as long as we will be like united and fighting together. We felt like we found family in the Justice for Undocumented campaign. We are people in the same shoes, in the same walk, life. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, there are different situations back home, different backgrounds. But here, we are family. So it was it was really good. We learned a lot from each other. Uh, different contributions from and working in a diverse group is also very good. You know, we learn from Mauritian, Pakistan, like we're like United Nations working together. <laughs> but yeah, different traditions we're sharing, even food ideas. Yeah, there are some members who are sending me a text or giving me a call or meet up for a coffee to say thank you for encouraging me to join the campaign. I now work in Aer Lingus as check-in attendant. I'm very happy now with a very good employer, a good company, and I'm in a proper employment. The day I got the letter, yeah, I... I don't know what to feel. I was so happy, and I immediately rang uh, Neil in MRCI and said, oh, "I got my paper," and I took a selfie and I like this, and I show I show Neil, and they posted it and i have another media interview after that as an example that the scheme is true it's happening i got my paper from the scheme because oh yeah that is also a good uh, example to encourage the other undocumented people to apply for the scheme because the others are qualify like i mean eligible to apply for the scheme but they thought they it's just a government's trap to catch them And so I said, no, I'm proving to everyone that I got my paper from the scheme. I'll be able to travel and see my kids back home to visit and come back here and work again. Did
0: you go back last summer? When did you go back?
2: Yeah, I went uh, went September and it was my daughter's 23rd birthday and she was very happy that I was there. Um, Yeah, it was a surprise visit and uh, my son stepped back the first time he saw me and, do we really have a mom? Yeah. And the sister, my daughter said, oh, no, that's my mom. He, she started crying and my son just come over and gave me like a group hug, tight. And yes, we have our mom. So we were just reunited and very happy. Those days, I only have a few days in the Philippines because I have to go back to work. And um, we spent our days just together, the three of us, just us. And I said, yeah, promise, I can come back now. Like Unlike before, that I always promise, I might go home next year or next year until 15 years, like nothing. So it was, I was afraid. I was nervous. The plane is landing. I was like, I don't know. Am I crying? Am I not? Because they might ask me, where were you before? You weren't here with us, you know. And they could be mad or they could be, like, upset that you left me for long. Like, I don't know what to hear from them. But no, everything is, they they were, like, very good kids. Yeah, I got a good welcome. But this time, I'm coming home, I'm booked. And they know that I'm coming, and I'll be there for my son's 18th birthday. Uh, He doesn't have a plan for a big party, but a simple swimming with all his favorite people. And, um, yeah, I'll spend my whole three weeks with them. Like, you know, counting the days... It feels different that you know you can come home,
3: mm-hmm. unlike
2: before that it's impossible. You don't even know if you you're still gonna see them. You know life is uncertain. Something changed. Something happened to you or there. Yeah. You never knew if you're gonna see them again. So it is really, really big thing the the scheme for us. We, we are thankful as well, especially the MRCI for for leading us to the campaign and staying with us. We will not do this. We won't stand up if they won't stand up with us. So uh, it's a big thank you for them and the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, for doing all this th- these uh, things as well. It worked really well for most of us who got it. And... changed many people's life and yeah, the contributions that we are making now for the government and for the economy is is really good help so why not uh, do and continue doing the scheme in the same criteria but no closing date so when they reach the certain year they will be able to apply
3: It's really heartbreaking you know when especially we had some people coming in thinking they were eligible and then we had to obviously tell them that that they weren't um and and often they were you know very very close to the criteria um and like obviously i've commended the government on on introducing this scheme but we would have obviously liked for it to have been broader and to have been more inclusive than it was um for example you know the you had to meet the criteria on day one that the scheme opened so main criteria being four years undocumented residence but so the scheme was open for six months so some people reached that four years a day or two later or a week later or two weeks later so they had the four years the scheme was open but they couldn't apply Um we'd other people who had maybe a long legal residence here so for example some people would come as a student originally they'd complete their studies but then they wouldn't be able to find work that was eligible for a work permit and they'd make the difficult decision to stay and try to live undocumented here uh, to make a better life for themselves. But some of those people might have had seven years legal residence and then only two or three years undocumented. And for them, it was very hard to understand, you know, why is someone who is maybe only four or five years here able to get their papers? But I've 10 years, 11 years and I, and I can't. So that was very difficult for people as well. And then there was people who kind of fell between the two schemes. They had some time in asylum. Uh, process and sometime undocumented, but for some of them, they couldn't apply for either um and That was very difficult for people too um so I suppose you do have these people who are very close but who are unable to apply and and you know, as I say, we would really call on the government to build on on this you know progressive approach to immigration Um, it's been absolutely life changing but we need to 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 see it continued into the future so that those people can be can be looked after and so that nobody who, who, who is living undocumented in Ireland has to do so long term
4: unfortunately I had a visa for less than a year in 2020 it broke my undocumented Residence here. It was very short, We're trying to do things right, but it ex- makes me excluded from the the scheme. You know,
0: Claudiane, originally from Brazil, now living in Ballyhanna, County
4: Mayo. I'm here altogether nine years now, and my husband here is here nearly twelve years. I have three kids. With them living here with me, they go into school. They love Ireland. They don't know nothing about our country anymore, you know. We thought we could be benefit from this scheme. And then when they let the, the rules come out, we saw that we couldn't do. So it was like a nightmare. It was going to be a dream come true. And then just turn into a nightmare. We keep undocumented and trying to hide ourselves, you know. So... It's a bit harder now. I know other people who is in the same situation of me. Um, Some of them didn't get it because they didn't have all the papers to prove their residence. They have a stamp when they went in in the, the airport. But they didn't have bills here to prove their residence because they were afraid of registering or doing anything, you know. So that's why they didn't get it as well. There's um, many people still behind. So it would be great if they had an ongoing scheme like that. Many other countries have it. And uh, some Irish people uh, can get it in another country when they're trying to, to get a better life as well. So it would be great if they do the same for us here. I live in Balejones, the enterprise center, uh, looking to our side always, you know, we have 43 nationalities here just living in, in Balejones. So they skip open it. They help to, to, to share it to everyone. You know, I, I brought them into enterprise center flyers. They help us to share this as well. So oh, it was very good. It was a dream for many people. I know it helped a lot as well and that they always stand by our sides when we need something, you know. We can't go to Brazil for holidays. I lost my grandfather. I couldn't go, so it it's a, a bit hard for me. It's hard to be undocumented here. You're afraid of everything. You're afraid when you see a guard at the street. You're afraid every time government announces any change in the immigration services as well because you never know what's going to happen if they make a big change and start to go uh, to, to get the undocumented people for deportation or this thing. So you're always afraid of something.
3: There are ongoing regularization systems in other European countries um, like France, Spain, Portugal. So we wouldn't be an outlier if we did this. And really, it would remove the need for schemes like this. Like we had people applying for the scheme who are 10, 15, even 20 years undocumented, living through all the, the difficulties that that places on people in their work, in their lives, in their mental health. And if we just had an ongoing system like that, people wouldn't have to go through that.
2: We know the life, it wasn't easy. We are hoping that the scheme will continue without a closing date, so that no one, no undocumented people will live undocumented for a very long time because it was a tough life.
1: It's life-changing, I should say, very uh, life-changing to have the scheme. So I'm sure the government will think about that, to put like long-term regularization uh, process. There are so, still so many people that are living undocumented. I ask the government, it's an appeal to the government if they can consider putting a regularization process, which can be long-term, to regularize uh, those people that can be living undocumented here. So that nobody should be left out, nobody should be living here for a long term being undocumented. Because I've passed through the same and I know how difficult it is.
0: A huge thanks to Albert Barrow, Neil Bruton, Irene Yagoba and Claudiane for talking to me for this programme and to all the people who worked on the Justice for Undocumented campaign over the past 11 years. For more information on this ongoing campaign, please go to the Migrant Rights Centre Ireland at mrci.ie. Thank you for listening. Undocumented was produced by Barbara Flood and was supported by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland under the Sound and
1: Vision Scheme. For more documentary on Newstalk, visit newstalk.com.